Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. It's time for Curbside. He shoots, they score! With the voice of the blues, Chris Kerber. They score! by Randall's, St. Louis's number one liquor store. Visit shoprandalls.com. The Voice of the Blues here on 101 ESPN. Chris Kerber will be back in action tonight. 7 o'clock face-off, 6 o'clock pregame for the Blues and the Ducks. And the number of the day here on this show is 6 because the Blues have won 6 in a row, going for number 7. Kerbs, good morning. How are you doing? Randy, I'm doing awesome. How are you guys today? We're doing fantastic. And I got to—I know that when we talked during the course of the 8-game losing streak, you were— confident that the Blues were better than the eight-game losing streak, but were you confident that they were going to turn it around and have a six-game winning streak? <laughs> well, no. I, well, to be in all fairness, I didn't see the eight-game winning streak coming, so I'm going to say I didn't see the six-game six losing streak <laughs> yeah, coming. Right? So I didn't see this one coming. But, but, you know, we talked about certain aspects of this team and what was there, and you were definitely getting the goaltending. You've got way too much skill for everybody to be as bad as they. I mean, the game in Philadelphia is the one that jumps off the page at me when I saw Justin Falk skate the puck with ease up to the blue line, and then a six-foot pass to Vladimir Tarasenko went three feet away from him. And you went, well, that's weird. And, and honestly, that's the kind of play that you look at and you're going, hey, Joe, is he hurt? Like, is, is this guy banged up? And then I think it was either the same shift or one just right after. Nick Letty's on the ice behind the net. The forwards aren't coming back to help him. And a guy just, one of the flyers just basically swoops in and steals the puck like a hawk going for a mouse. <laughs> and you're going, and, and, and I, ser- I seriously, on the air, I said, okay, what's going on here? Like, this is, it, it just looked weird to me. And uh, so far too many good players. You were getting the goaltending. And the other thing that was going on is you were getting the chances. You were getting scoring chances. Man, if you weren't getting scoring chances, that's one thing, but the chances were there. So, you know what? Sometime it would turn around. Now, turn around and do a tying an NHL record six games after losing eight or more? That that I didn't see coming, but I'll take it. Hey, Curves, we were talking about Ryan O'Reilly and his play and, and how this team has kind of gone as he's gone. Do you think that it may be in the, in the, in the eight-game losing streak? We were talking about it, uh, him on the, on the line with Kyrou, and, and now he's on the line with Side and Levo. It, it seems a little bit different for him. Maybe the game is easing up for him, and, and, and just maybe he was trying to get other people involved a little bit more and not doing his job as, as, to the best of his ability. Jordan Kyrou's game, and this is not – I'm not knocking the young man, but Jordan Kyrou's game – has too much risk in it, in my opinion, to be on a line with Ryan O'Reilly right now. And the reason is, is because it's Ryan O'Reilly, you're facing off against the other team's top players. You're lining up against, the other team is is matching up against you. And I think that that is a little too much responsibility for Jordan Cairo right now. You've seen the fact that he could have some success with Robert Thomas and Pavel Butchnevich. They play a speedier, quick transition game. Uh, you've seen him have some success with, with Braden Shen. But at that point, you're talking about him getting 16 to 17 minutes a game rather than 19 to 20 minutes a game. And that two to three minutes, you know, in five or six shifts makes a difference, and you're probably getting some better matchups. So 
and you don't want to you don't want to thwart the creativity of Jordan Cairo. You want him to continue to feel that puck and continue to feel those situations and see if the other team has to adjust to his game. But if you're Ryan O'Reilly, you play a down low, gritty game. You played this style of game that knows how to win and that has won you a championship. You're looking you're looking at that and when they brought Josh Levo in and said I thought that it might match up well with it, well, Craig Berube was right. And Josh Levo told me the other day, I said, what are you guys doing? He said, we're just finding the puck. We're just going for the puck. And now you see some other chemistry going in there. So I don't re- this, this, it's just one of those classic things. And it doesn't mean that it's never going to work. But this is just one of those classic line chemistry situations where I don't know that Jordan Cairo's game and Ryan O'Reilly's game make for the most success uh, against another team's top players. Speaking of chemistry curves, Robert Thomas and Pavel Buchnevich obviously working really well together. You don't like to see Vladimir Tarasenko sick, but still, the fact that they were so successful in that game against the Ducks, you had Robert Thomas with three points, you had Pavel Buchnevich with four points. They thought five points at first, but then they took that away later after the game. What can you say about those two and the chemistry that they've built, despite, too, as we know, kind of a language barrier there as well? Well, when I, I talked in the preseason with Robert Thomas and I asked him about playing on the left side on the power play and he said, oh, it's definitely different. It, when he's facing the net, he's got so many more options, shoot, walk off the wall, pass, go to the blue lane with it. So for him, it was a little overwhelming. But he talked about Pavel Butchnevich and he goes, for example, he goes, Butchie, he goes, I, you know, I, sometimes you just got to float a pass right in the middle of the butchie. And he goes, and, and this this is the chemistry that you start to understand with, with a player when you play with him for a little bit. He says, he goes, you know what? He actually shoots the puck better if it's not a flat puck. Hmm. And I went, hmm. all right, that's interesting. He goes, I go, really? He goes, oh, yeah. He goes, he goes, he actually shoots the puck better if it's wobbling a little bit or it's bouncing. He's amazing when it comes to getting control of a puck that you shouldn't be able to get control of. And those are little things. So I said, well, so do you bounce it to him on purpose? I'm like, what do you do? He goes, well, he goes, he goes, I don't worry about it being as flat as it needs to be for some other guys. But again, that gives you an idea of just the little tiny things that, uh, that builds chemistry between some guys. And um, the other thing, though, that Robert Thomas is doing is he's not buttoning up every time he gets into the zone. His play has become a little less predictable for the opposition. And in doing that, I think he's able to find, uh, find Butch Navitz a little bit more, too. And, and the last thing on that line, it'll be interesting. We'll get to the rink here, you know, in about an hour and a half, uh, two hours, and see what's what's going on with the morning seat. If Vladimir Tarasenko is good enough to go, if you're Craig Berube, do you put him right back on that line? Now, keep in mind, he had gone, what, six or seven games without a goal, Vladimir has. I mean, he's only got goals in three games this year. So, you know, does maybe a change with Braden Shen look good for Vladimir Tarasenko after the way Kairou Thomas and Butchnevich looked in that last game? That. That'll be a little storyline I think we keep an eye on here at the Morning Skate. Curbs, I remember the first time I ever saw Nico Mikola in a practice, and I was with you, and I said to you, I said, man, this guy could be a monster, and you agreed. And it looks like Mikola now is ascending to that level that he can really be a, a well better than serviceable NHL player. I, I love the way that he's played the last half dozen or so games. Randy, Al McKinnis told me at one point in time, he said, he goes, you know what, I'm not sure you really know what you have in a defenseman until they've played 300 games in the league. It's just that hard of a position to play. And Nico Mikkel has played about 100. So, I mean, you're a third of the way there to really understanding just how good or what he could be. Prior to him even making the team when Bill Armstrong, now the general manager of the Coyotes, was our assistant general manager, 
at a, before a preseason game, Joe and I sat down with Bill and we went through everybody we could see in camp and got a little scouting report. And when describing Nico Mikola, he goes, oh, I love him. He goes, he's just a dog on a bone, and every time he goes into something, there's going to be a kerfluffle. And if we can, if we can, we can kind of curtail the kerfluffle just a little bit, we'll be good. But you don't want to, you know, you don't want to take that dog away from hunting the bone. And I think playing about 35 games last year on a regular shift with Colton Pareko really improved his game. And look what he's done with Colton out of the lineup here. I thought he's been really good and solid. And he's got an opportunity again. And look, again, if you're a young guy trying to get into the National Hockey League and break through. You're getting opportunities with the St. Louis Blues team because of injuries and then Colton Pareko being out. Mikola has got another chance where he's going to try to do his best to make sure nobody else gets that spot. And I think he's been really good these last few games. Curbs, looking forward to tonight. Hopefully the Blues can make it seven. We know you have an appointment that you need to get to. So we'll let you get to that and we'll be tuned in tonight. Yeah, thank you very much. Hey, Randy. Yes. If you're the Blackhawks, would you have would you have retired Marion Hosa's number? No. Would you? So he's only played. He'd only played 534 games with the Blackhawks and had 415 points. But he was part of all three championships. Now you know that they're going to have to. You know they're going to have to rise, especially now. They're going to have to retire Taves and Kane. And I got to think Keith and Seabrook. Agreed. Right. And at some point, even even Quenville. I don't. I'm not so sure about the Marion Hosa one. It, it, it's an interesting debate when it comes to retiring a guy's number. Yeah, it, definitely, absolutely. By the way, Curbs, uh, congratulations! Not congratulations. Happy Thanksgiving to you and and uh, Christy and the the girls. Have a, a great Thanksgiving and uh, have uh, you're, you guys are on the road, aren't you, for Thanksgiving? Yeah, we're going to leave tomorrow, so we had a little Thanksgiving dinner. Thanks to Brooke who helped adjust our timing for Blues <laughs> Weekly yesterday for me, so we can do that. So. Uh, th- thank you all very much. Have an awesome week. Have a great Thanksgiving, and uh, we'll talk to you next Monday. All right. Thanks, Curbs. Take care. That is the voice of the Blues, Chris Kerber. You'll hear him tonight with Joe Vitale. 7 o'clock face-off. Blues and Ducks here on 101 ESPN. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. The College Football Playoff Committee made their decision on Sunday, and as much as I loathe the idea of Ohio State losing their way into the College Football Playoff, I 100% agree with OSU making it in over Bama. Nick Saban citing some hypothetical point spreads to prove his point that the tie deserve a spot in the college football playoffs holds little substance when you consider Bama's best win is over Texas. No, the committee got it right. TCU had a great season with far more ranked wins than Bama and didn't deserve to lose their spot after playing a surging Kansas State in a championship game. And Ohio State, while not playing some of their best ball later in the season, was still 12-0 until they came face-to-face with my Wolverines. While the college football playoff system isn't nowhere near as good as it could be, it's better than what we had. And in a few years, it will be better for all of college football. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. And don't forget, BetOnline for the NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. Want more ways to show your good side to the world? Donate plasma at a Griffles Center and join thousands of donors who are helping to save lives. Receive up to $1,000 your first month. Learn more at grifflesplasma.com.